You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to history class. It's great to have you here. Uh, if I have the chance to meet you, my name is Nick. I'm the lead pastor here. And real quick before we jump into uh, our message this morning, I uh, just want to encourage you to pick up our book of the month. It's uh, 100 Days of Faith Over Fear. It's a devotional journal. And really our hope is that this could be an incredible year for you. And that happens as we put the right practices in place. So it's a great uh, book. If you tried to get it last week, we sold out. But we have a new uh, shipment in. So make sure you stop back there. They're $10. And you can grab one of those uh, on your way out today. And you know, the, the, the video we just saw, uh, shared uh, about the largest amphibious invasion in, in modern history. Uh, over 150,000 troops were sent in. Numerous uh, aircraft, water uh, vehicles, all, all these different uh, uh, vehicles and, and push to invade the beaches of Normandy. And as incredible as it was that day in June 1944, none of it would have been possible without one of the greatest most deceptive counterintelligence operations ever, known as Operation Bodyguard. Operation Bodyguard, as you saw in the video, really was geared toward tricking the Germans into thinking they were invading north instead of south. And, and it worked. In fact, uh, even months later, as late as July of 1944, the Germans still believed that another larger invasion was going to be coming into the north. And, and without that deception, D-Day would have never happened. It would never be a day that we celebrate and remember and think of the victory of that day. It would have been an utter disaster because the Germans would have been prepared. And, and deception was a major part of the Germans' defeat because that began uh, a long journey that ended with victory in Europe Day, VE Day, later. Um, and it was the beginning of the victory for the Allied forces. And deception unfortunately, isn't just a, a weapon of warfare, <clears throat> but we battle with deception in our everyday lives <clears throat> over and over again. There are things about each and every one of us that we know are true, but we would much rather uh, believe that the, the lie that they are not. And there are things about each and every one of us that uh, <clears throat> maybe others don't even know about us, that we try to keep in the inside, we try to hide, and, and maybe things that we're ashamed of or things that we're not proud of and or there are certain traits in us or things that we've done in our past and we would much rather believe the lie that that stuff didn't happen or that wasn't really that big of a deal. Or other times, for some of us, there are lies that others have spoken into our lives that we've started to believe and it's destroyed our sense of hope about the future and who we are. And throughout this month, we've been talking about experiencing breakthrough, seeing true progress in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of just spinning my wheels, tired of just doing the same old things and getting the same old results. But what we're doing this, this year and this month is kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying things are going to change today, now. We're, we're not going to just go through the motions for another year, another day, uh, just another round the, the, the globe and try to make it through 2020 and step into 2021 basically in the same exact place. But something can change. Something's going to change. And the reality about breakthrough is that we will never see breakthrough in our lives until what we live out is built upon truth. And this isn't a spiritual statement. It's a factual statement. 
Apart from truth, you're guaranteed to be on a path toward defeat, just like the Germans on D-Day. And let me give you a real-world example. Imagine you're leading a a growing startup company, and you you have this opportunity. You're looking at some big deals regarding the company's future, and and you have this opportunity that could catapult this into a multi-million dollar corporation. This is a crucial crossroads for, for your company. And you want to make sure you make the right decision. So you look over the financial record, records to gauge the potential risk versus the opportunity that's before you. What you don't know is your accountant has been cooking the books. And you aren't actually looking at real, true numbers. Everything is skewed. Because of this, you're not working with accurate, truthful numbers. And any decision you make is going to lead your company toward disaster. And, and it wouldn't be because you're a bad leader that you have a poor business mind, but because you're not basing your decisions on truth, but on a distortion of the truth. And and, and in much of the same way, in our lives, we settle often for a distortion of the truth. And, And because we settle for that distortion of the truth, at best, we find ourselves not living up to the full potential that God created us for. But more likely, what happens is our lives become filled with chaos, dysfunction, And we find ourselves in this constant cycle. And we get frustrated and irritated, like, what's the deal? It's because our lives are based on a lie. Maybe it's a lie that someone told you. Maybe it's a lie that you've told yourself. Whatever it might be, that we start living our lives based on a distorted truth, not the actual truth. And and this morning, what I want to share with you in these brief moments we have together is this simple idea. That truth brings victory. Deception brings defeat. Truth brings victory. Deception brings defeat. Jesus said it this way in the book of John, chapter 8, 32. Chapter 8, verse 32. Can you, can you all read this with me together? Then, there, there it is. Okay, sorry. I jumped ahead too fast. I'm quick today. Then you will know the truth, this last phrase, and the truth will set you free. Can we say that one more time? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, you will never experience freedom or breakthrough or progress in your life without this key component of truth. For for the Germans in 1944, they were making decisions, probably very sound military decisions. But those decisions led them toward defeat because they were based on deception, not truth. It wasn't like the Germans were trying to lose. It wasn't like they were trying to fail. They were basing their decisions on something that was distorted, deception. In the same way, when our lives are based on lies or deception instead of truth, we will always find ourselves imprisoned or destined for defeat. The problem with truth, though, is oftentimes it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's difficult. Because of that, we end up living often based on a distortion of what we want to be or what others say about us instead of based on the truth of who we are, what God says about us. It's a very foundational idea of living our lives based on truth. In the first century, this was a problem, not just today, it's not just a 2020 thing, but in the first century, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome. And uh, if you don't know this, much of the, the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, were letters written to churches and believers in the first century. 
And, and in this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome that we know today is the book of Romans, Paul addresses some very foundational issues, this one being included. Here's what he said in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10. He writes, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Jumping down to verse 23, he continues, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, when I read that, I'm like, man, Paul woke up, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He started writing before he got his coffee. Something was off. What is the deal? He seems like depressed. Why is everything so bad? Why is everything so wrong? And, and the verses in these, these passages, the, the statements in these passages are verses that, for me, I would much rather skip over to the ones that make me feel a little better. Like, can we just like, not highlight that, but like get the black, you know, Sharpie and, and go through those ones and then we'll jump to the ones that make me feel a little better. Uh, but, but as difficult as it is, the statements that Paul writes are actually very true. And this is important truth, not to make us feel bad or miserable or hopeless, but, but it gives context for what Paul actually writes afterward. And we'll get to that in a second. You see, truth isn't simply found with the truth or a portion of the truth, but the entire truth. Maybe you've been in settings where all you've been told is, you know, you're a good-for-nothing sinner and, and that you deserve absolutely nothing because you're worthless and your life is pointless. Or, or maybe this idea that you've fallen short of the glory of God sounds outrageous because you've always felt that you're a pretty decent person. Both of those responses can be dangerous. You know, the idea that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody, that's not what the Bible talks about. But the idea that I'm above all this also isn't what Scripture talks about. We're, we're not worthless, but we're also not perfect. Some of us like to try to be perfect. On our Instagram feed, we are perfect. Outside of that, in real life, life isn't perfect. We're not perfect. And, and truth brings victory, but deception brings defeat. When we make decisions or try to live our lives contrary to what is true, we will always somehow find our way back to defeat. As hard as we'll try, we'll still find our way back to defeat. But when we seek out the truth, we will begin to discover our ultimate purpose and the victory that God so very desperately wants us to experience. But it starts with truth. Over uh, a little over 15 years ago, I was a youth pastor here at, at Calvary, came fresh out of college and I uh, had this dream that I always wanted to lead people in worship. I thought it'd be like really cool because that's what youth pastors did. Um, you know, back then in the, in the you know, mid-2000s there, you know, youth pastors had the goatee, the spiky hair, sometimes bleached it a little bit. And they led worship from a guitar. That's what you did. I couldn't grow a goatee at that point. I fixed that somehow. But... I was a redhead, so I wasn't bleaching my hair because that's just wrong. But the guitar thing, I could, I could work on. So for like six or seven years, uh, from the end of high school all the way through college, I tried to learn to play the guitar. So I would sit there with like the chord sheets that I printed off the internet of these worship songs, and I would just practice. Not all the time. Like I wasn't, you know, every day, but, you know, here and there. So as I became a youth pastor, I decided this is my chance. 
I'm going to show them what I've got. So one Wednesday night, I decided I'm going to lead worship, okay? And I uh, had my songs all picked out, the ones that I knew the best. And I get up in front of 40 or 50 students we had in our youth ministry at the time, and I start to lead worship. And I go through the songs. I'm not going to bore you with my songs, but I go through the songs. And I thought it was okay. I wasn't sure. Maybe it was good. Maybe it wasn't. You know, it wasn't perfect. But, you know, I'm not perfect, so, I mean, it was okay. Afterward, I wanted to, you know, hear, how, how does everyone think I did? So I asked different people. And Mike Israel, who's one of my youth leaders, I asked him, Mike, how, how was it? He was like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't bad. You know, you worked hard. You gave it your best. That's awesome. I was like, okay. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't really answer the question, but thanks for making me feel good. If I'd stop there, you know what? I might still be trying to play guitar and lead worship. But I said to Mike, Mike, tell, tell me the truth. Like, how was it? Was it bad? Was it good? What, what, do, you, what do you think? And he was like, eh, you know. I was like, okay, that's all I needed. That was the truth. That's, that's, that's what I needed. And that's when I realized, hey, maybe it's better for me not to try to pursue a gifting or a calling that I didn't have and focus on preaching and let those who are more gifted in that focus on the worship and focus on the music. And the whole worship team said, amen. You're welcome. <laughs> Pastor Jason is sick today, so I was, I was threatening I was going to jump in uh, with my little guitar. Um, but I didn't. You're welcome. Um, so often we try, we try to live our lives based on something we'd love to see happen or we'd like to see happen. And it's not always really what God wants us to do. And not because he wants us to be miserable, because maybe we're not gifted for it or called for it. And, and it's important to recognize the difference between those things. Because we want to live our lives based on truth. It's important to listen to what others say. And, and maybe you're like, yeah, but people are always wrong or sometimes they're off. And, and you're right. You're, you're dead on right. But what people tell you, the words they share that you hold on to and you consider truth for you should line up with God's word, Scripture. And if they don't, then, then they're not accurate. That's not because God's word is just, uh, just like this out-of-touch book that we should just revert our lives back to because it's relevant and, and his word is truth and it's accurate. And, and oftentimes, we will spend years, decades, even a lifetime trying to lead worship and play a guitar when all the while God has something else for us that actually we would do so much better at, that we would step into like a hand in a glove that we would fit perfectly for. But we've chosen to believe a lie instead of listening to the truth. And it's uncomfortable sometimes, listening to the truth. You know, what, what Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, Scott, do not step on my guitar when you come up here later. Um, what, what, what Paul writes about in Romans 3 is really difficult. Like, it's not fun. It's not what you want to hear. It's not what any of us want to hear. And because of that, we often try to, uh, to overlook it. We, we often try to maybe minimize it. But it's important for us to recognize. It's important for us to, to recognize that uh, even though it's difficult, it's difficult to process or digest, that we need, need to hear that. And what Paul said was hard because he said no one is righteous. No one does good. All have sinned and fallen short. It, 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 it would be easy to read those verses and think, you know, what's the use in even trying did you ever have like a boss or a coach and, or a teacher in school 
that like just rides you and like just puts you down like you're worthless. You, you, every time you mess up. I had, I had a coach uh, in college. I played soccer in college. In my sophomore year, um, in college on the soccer team, I was captain of the team. And I was so excited. And uh, I remember first game, I had two goals in the game. And I was like, this is going to be an awesome year. Two goals already, and it's only the first game. And the rest of the season, I didn't score another goal. I get the ball, like, right in front of the goal, wide open goal, and I kick it and miss. And over and over again, I would miss the shot, even when it was easy, it seemed. And my coach throughout the year started harping on me, like, Nick can't finish. You can't finish. You get right there, and you can't finish. And I remember the last game of the season was in the regional tournament, and uh, we're down by a goal, and there's like less than a minute left, and our midfielder crossed the ball over, and I'm right there. The goalie's on this side of the goal. I'm on this side. All I had to do was kick it in the goal, and I kicked it up over the crossbar and missed, and the game was over. When I got that ball, all I could hear was, Nick can't finish. Nick can't finish. Sometimes we have people in our lives that do that. They, they speak, man, Nick can't finish. This is going to be, you're, you're going to screw this up and mess up again. Maybe you've heard that from a parent or someone in your life. And every time you go into a difficult situation, all you can hear is that in your head. This isn't what Paul's saying. This isn't what Paul's trying to get at. He's not trying to put us down. He's not trying to make us miserable, like you're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. Don't even try. Because that's how we could take this when we read that. Like, what's the use trying if no one does good? It, it, it seems hopeless. But, but remember, truth brings victory. Deception brings defeat. If the truth that you're holding on to and believing is leading you toward defeat, maybe you're listening to the wrong truth. Maybe you're not listening to the right truth. The truth that Paul shares can hurt. It can be difficult to grasp. But fortunately, it's not the entire story. Paul actually wrote more. Because if Paul stopped there, yeah, maybe he did wake up on the wrong side of the bed. But, but Paul was sharing some powerful, powerful thoughts and truths. I want to read this again. Romans chapter 3. We'll start back in verse 23. Here's what he said. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. And we don't use the word atonement. If you use the word atonement, you have been reading the dictionary too much. Um, Atonement is a powerful idea that Paul's writing about here that we miss. Atonement isn't about a religious thing that God did because he had to. Atonement is a choice that Jesus made To literally be a substitution. Meaning, we deserve death because no one is good, no one is righteous, we fall short. Like, none of us are perfect. If we're going to be honest today, none of us are perfect. We deserve the consequences of our mistakes or what the Bible calls our sin. We deserve that. Jesus willingly went to the cross 2,000 years ago to be the atonement of our sin. Meaning, the substitution of the consequences for our sin, for our mistakes. That, that we deserved this, and Jesus stepped in and said, send it to me, I'll take it. Have you ever had someone pick up the bill at, at, a, at a restaurant? It's really nice at Taco Bell. It's even better at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> Have you ever had someone do that? I mean, if you haven't, then someone you know, next to you, follow them to Taco Bell afterwards and you know, do it for them. Pay for their meal or something. But 
It's amazing when someone takes what you are supposed to receive upon themselves. That's what Paul's writing about, that atonement. That yeah, no one is righteous, we fall short. We, we don't earn this, we don't deserve what we call salvation, redemption. We don't deserve any of that. But, because God so loved us, because he so believed in you and in me, he took the atonement of our sin. He stepped in when we deserved it, and he said, put it on me. I'll take it. I'll take it so that they don't have to. That's what Paul is writing about. And, and, and he goes on, he says, that, that we could, could take on the righteousness of Christ. That righteousness is another big word, but that literally means like that we could be seen through this lens of Christ's sacrifice, that all the junk that defines our lives, all the stuff that holds us back, all of that junk in our past that we try so hard to outrun and can't. Jesus said, I'll take it. Let, let me take it on my shoulders. I'll, I'll take it upon the cross and die and pay the consequence, pay the debt that you owe. That's an incredible truth. That's an incredible idea. And, and this second part of the statement that, that Paul writes, that we could be justified, that, that we could be redeemed, forgiven, set free. That's awesome. Why didn't we just start with that? Like, why couldn't we just start with you're forgiven, you're set free, you're freedom, that's awesome. But actually, that would mean very little if he didn't understand the first part of what he said. You see, if, if we start with God loves you and wants to forgive you, but we forget about the we fall short on our own, then the forgiveness that, that Paul writes about, that God offers through Jesus, the, the, the fact that God even loves you is all kind of pretty pointless, isn't it? It's, it's pointless. But truth brings victory. Deception brings defeat. God doesn't just want you to feel good. God doesn't just want you to be happy and cheery all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with that because I think it's awesome. God wants you to experience victory. Victory is lasting. Victory is something that, that sustains through good and bad through the easy moments and the difficult moments. Truth brings victory. And and I don't care if you're talking just about your life or your job or your career or or anything you're doing. If you're not seeking out truth, you're always going to find yourself in defeat. Always. Whether it's in sports and you put the the person who's really good at shooting three-pointers under the hoop in basketball to rebound, you're like, I know you want to be tall, but you're just not tall. Stay out the three-point line. Or, or whether you're your job. And, and the guy who could sell, you know, dirt to anybody. I mean, that incredible salesman or saleswoman. And you stick him behind a desk as an accountant. Like, that's not your gifting. Whatever it is, if you aren't pursuing truth, you're going to find yourself in defeat. And, and as we kick off this year, 2020, I believe God longs for each and every one of us to take ground that we never thought was possible before. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, the, the Israelites stepping into the promised land. I, I believe that there was ground this year that you're going to step foot on that you never thought was possible. And, and, and to see that happen, we can't... We can't 
stop and just settle. And we could talk about what we hope and wish for our lives to become and all of that's good, but it's time that we step out and start pursuing it. Start doing something about it. Not, not just talking about it or wishing for it. And breakthrough will never become a reality until we align ourselves with the truth of what God says about us. Not anyone else or anything else. Because God ultimately created us. He's the one that, that, that David writes in Psalm 139 that he shaped us and formed us. That we were wonderfully, fearfully made. God made you the way you are for a reason. I don't know about you, I want to believe the one that created me. Not the one that has an opinion on everything. When we can, when we can hold on to the truth of what God says about you. Not someone else that doesn't really know what they're talking about. Not some circumstance or situation that's got you discouraged. When we can hold on to the truth of God's word, we will find ourselves in victory. As the worship team comes today, the truth of God's word isn't that we're miserable failures, that we're worthless or some piece of garbage that God just grabbed out of the garbage can and that we're worth nothing. Now we are God's prized possession. We are so loved that God sent Jesus to do for us what we weren't capable of doing for ourselves. This is what God wants you to know. Through what Jesus did on the cross, we can experience forgiveness and redemption. That no matter what has filled your past, no matter how horrible or sinful it might seem, no matter what lies we have believed about ourselves or our future, God can forgive us. He can transform us. That's the truth. And truth will bring victory every time. Deception will bring defeat. And and today, I I don't know what brought you into this place or why you're here. Maybe it was a friend or maybe you just randomly walked to church or maybe you come here every week. I want you to understand that If we're going to be honest with ourselves and say, I really need breakthrough in my life. I need something to change in my life. I I can't keep doing this, whatever this is. That will never happen if you're not pursuing truth. It starts with pursuing truth. And the truth is, the Apostle John wrote this in his gospel, John chapter 3, that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. Not like one of a hundred. Not like his worst son. His best. His first. He gave his son Jesus to die. To be the atonement. To, to step in. To take the consequence that we deserve upon his shoulders. So that victory, for the first time in human history, victory became possible for you and me. And he didn't just do that today. He did it 2,000 years ago, knowing into the future that one day you and I are going to desperately need that. And that's the truth of God's word. And, and today, before we move on and wrap up here and go home, I want you to give an opportunity to say, I need to respond to truth. Because truth, real truth, will always bring us to a point of decision. There's a choice to be made. Maybe you remember that when you were in grade school and, you know, little Johnny's lying about this and you know it's not actually true and you have the opportunity to speak up. Truth will always bring you to a point of decision. 
a choice. And I want to give you the opportunity to make a choice. Say, I want to live my life based on that truth, or I don't. I want to go in a different direction and continue to believe what I'm believing. That distortion or deception or whatever it might be. Would you bow your heads with me today? Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love for us. God, I thank you for the sacrifice you made upon the cross 2,000 years ago. And that you didn't just hang on that cross, but you rose again three days later, conquering every lie of the enemy, every sin, mistake of us. Thank you, God, for not giving up on us. Thank you, God, for continuing to love us and care for us and believe in us. As you're continuing to pray this morning, if you'd say, Nick, I've never accepted the forgiveness of Christ. I've, I've never received that, that atonement that I talked about where, where I allowed Christ to take the consequences of my past, my sin upon his shoulders, that I could be made whole, not just partial, but whole, that I could step into that potential that God has for me, that I could be forgiven and I could be a child of God. If you've never taken that step, made that decision, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that today. Not to join a church or become religious or any of that, but to say today, today I want to accept the truth of what God says about me. I want to live my life based on that truth and the purpose that he has me on this earth for. And if that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to reach your hand toward heaven as a physical act of your will. That's kind of your physical way of saying, I'm stepping out. I want to, I want to accept what Christ has for me, his forgiveness. One, two, three. If that's you this morning, would you reach your hand toward heaven? Amen. Anyone else today? Amen. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask everyone who, who raised your hand and, and those that didn't just to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray it together. And this isn't some magic prayer. It's just a conversation with God that I want to lead you in. And it's all prayer is. And my hope is this is the first of many, many conversations you have with God. Would you all pray this prayer with me together? Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. I know I make mistakes sometimes. But today I accept your forgiveness. I commit to live for your purposes. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.